Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends. Guys, welcome back to our slash malicious compliance, where people get exactly what they ask for, not necessarily what they want. And in today's episode, guys, Karens are regretting being so demanding. I hope you enjoyed today's super satisfying stories. And as always, you can send or link your post to this email right here. Let's dive in. So while I was putting myself through university in the mid-2000s, I was working at a bicycle shop. Now, honestly, I have to say it's the best place that I've ever worked. The owners treated their staff very well. So this shop retained loyal, highly capable employees that made loads of high-end sales. But what was somewhat unusual for a male-dominated industry in the mid-2000s was there was an equal number of male and female employees. And these women were definitely the most qualified people for the job. One was an engineer for a bike company, another was a highly successful triathlete, and even one of the owners was a woman. Almost having an unrelated university degree meant that I was by far the least impressive woman working at this place. I just liked bikes. So one day, a man who was maybe in his 50s or 60s came into the shop. I was the first on the scene. The guy said he was looking to buy a bike, so I start going through the usual probing questions to determine what kind of bike he was looking for. Simple questions like, did he ride on the road or trails? Now, even the most incapable salesperson could use the answers to these questions to point this guy in the right direction, but he seemed highly resistant to talking to me or answering my questions. The guy finally said, is there someone else I could talk to? Now, maybe he didn't like my sales approach, or maybe I seemed too young to be knowledgeable. But since the guy didn't even give me a chance to prove myself, and he seemed to be staring longingly at my male colleague, I had a hunch that he didn't think a woman was capable of selling him a bike. So with that, I smiled and said, of course. Lucky for me, there weren't any idle male employees in sight. So I grabbed one of the other women that I worked with, quietly letting her know of my suspicions about the guy. Before I was even out of earshot, I hear this man say in an annoyed voice, I need someone else. Suspicions confirmed. So we on purpose seek out yet another extremely capable female employee to help this man. When he sees her approach, the man shouts, Just let me speak to your manager. Everyone's useless. So with that, in struts the owner, who's very eager to join our malicious compliance stunt, with a beaming smile on her face. She comes in and says, I'm the owner. What can I do to help you today, sir? And the utter defeat on his face is something I'll never forget. And for those of you asking if he bought a bike, the guy half-heartedly let the owner help him for a few minutes, but he was very abrasive and he left without purchasing anything. She did not deem it a loss for the business, though. Now that was wonderfully played, guys. I just wish the owner came out and was like, I own this place, sir. Get out. And I love this person's comment saying, some people already know everything before they know anything. This fool cuts his nose off to spite his face. You should have one male employee who basically knows nothing about bicycles. And then when men like this ask for someone else to talk to, he's the one to get. 
So in college, I worked at the front desk for a dorm. Most of the time, it was a chill job. I worked nights and just had to help the occasional drunk students after they lost their keys. However, once a year, we had to deal with the worst of the worst: move out. Now, anyone who's ever experienced move out day knows the absolute crap show it is. During move out, the supervisor scheduled double the people at the front desk, so I had to work during the day. Our front desk was in the main community space for the dorms. Out front of the space was a super small lane that led to the parking garage. Everyone that needed to get to the parking garage had to use this lane. My whole shift was going fairly well. Just small complaints about moving bins and our lack of resources for the summer heat. So far, so good, or so I thought. That's when up walks this family: a mom, dad, and daughter that were clearly annoyed. My three other coworkers were busy, so it was up to me to help this family. So I say, "Hi, what can I help you with?" The mom, in a snippy tone, says, "I was stung by a bee. I need some medical assistance." Now, as a student worker, the last thing I was allowed to do was provide medical care of any kind. I couldn't even hand out a bandaid. Knowing I can't help, I reply, "Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. As a desk worker, I'm not able to provide medical assistance, but..." And that's when the daughter cuts me off impatiently and says, "You don't even have a first aid kit. Can't you give us something to help?" Now I would have assumed that they were worried about mom's health, but at this point, they sounded more upset that they weren't getting their way. So I say, "Uh, we don't have first aid kits because I'm not allowed to administer first aid." If you'd like to get help, I would recommend walking over to health services. The daughter, sounding progressively more entitled and annoyed, said, "You want us to walk all the way to health services for a bandaid?" At this point, all I wanted was for them to leave, but I couldn't say that. So I tell them, "There's also an urgent care and hospital right off campus. If you're worried about a reaction." The mom says, "I'm not driving all the way over to a hospital. I need help now. Just call someone for help or something." So cue the malicious compliance. Now normally, I would call our non-emergency number for assistance, but this family clearly wanted quality care. So I asked the woman, "Would you like me to call 911? I'll see if they can help." The mom says, "Yes, do something." So with that, I call 911. The operator asks about the emergency, and I explain that it's a bee sting. And the operator says, "Are they allergic?" To which I ask the mom, and she says, "Well, no, but it's hurting." The operator then asks, "Do they have tweezers they could use to pull out the stinger?" So I ask the family, and to this, the daughter snaps, "Why would we have tweezers? Of course we don't have tweezers. We don't walk around with tweezers in our pockets. What kind of question is that?" So with this, I then relay the message to the operator and let her know the family specifically requested medical care. The operator sighed, clearly annoyed by this non-emergency, and let me know that she sent help. At this point, my line's getting incredibly long, so I ask the family to step to the side. When I tell them that help's on the way, the mom asked, "What are they sending?" To which I say, "I don't know." She then said, "Well, I hope it's not a fire truck. That would be so embarrassing for just a bee sting." So a few minutes go by, and I can tell the mom's starting to realize that she might have overreacted. She tries to tell her family that they can just leave, but the dad and daughter reminded her that they're already sending someone. As they wait, up comes a massive fire truck, sirens blaring. All the other families at the front desk, which is a lot because this family held up the line. Turn to see what's going on, and the mom is absolutely mortified. The woman is looking around, trying to hide behind her family. It's hilarious. 
so she meets the emergency services outside so they don't make a big scene in front of the other families. And the best part is the fire truck had to stop in the teeny tiny lane out in front of the community center, completely blocking the way into the parking garage. This means a line of cars was building up while she got her bee sting treated. With each car joining the line, she looked more and more embarrassed. Once she was treated, they came back in to get to the daughter's dorm. They walked quickly and avoided eye contact, clearly embarrassed by the overreaction. I hope they learn to stop with the impatience and the entitlement. As much as I hate calling 911 for trivial things, it was worth it to see the look of sheer humiliation on the mom's face. And I like to think that the operator was looking out for me in fulfilling my malicious compliance to the highest degree. Now that was some beautiful malicious compliance guys, and as much as I hate it when Karens demand 911 for the tiniest things, as it's definitely a waste of time for responders, this one woman deserved it. And also, I wonder if she's gonna get a bill for this. If so, that's gonna be one expensive bee sting. So this happened a couple of years back in a pub I was working at. I worked the bar at this pub, which was a pretty popular place, especially on sunny days as we had a lot of outdoor seating and a pretty huge beer garden. Now this story takes place one exceptionally hot summer day. For those of you who have the joy of not being all that familiar with our tea and crumpet society, I'll enlighten you as to why this is a pain for working in a pub. Firstly, the moment the sun blesses our sodden grey land with its presence, we the British come out of our thatch caves to bask in its glow like the lizard people our royal family is. This subsequently also means that everyone has the exact same thought of, let's go have a pint at the pub and sit in the sun. Yay for bartending. The other noteworthy point here is that on Sunday, a roast is had. Beef, lamb, chicken, or pork with roasted potatoes, veggies, gravy, and Yorkshire puddings. All of which is wonderful, unless you have to spend two hours cooking it. With that out of the way, this particular Sunday, we were full. And I mean full. The bar was four or five people deep, the 100 plus tables all double booked for turnover, and I found myself without a moment of rest between pouring drinks and telling people that we were fully booked. During this manic rush, I spot a bit of commotion outside, and I see a group of roughly 30 to 35 people, including screaming kids, walking through the courtyard, ignoring everyone, straight into the beer garden. Once my colleague and I had thinned down the numbers at the bar substantially, I told him that I was going to walk past to see what the huge group was doing. Now anyone that's worked with real life people of course know that people suck, hence why I wanted to just walk past and avoid interaction. Also, it's a pet peeve of mine when people just sit themselves down ignoring all the staff and expecting us to accommodate them without even the courtesy of mentioning to someone that they're here. So I take a step past the bar to the beer garden, collecting empty glasses as I go. As I near the area the group has settled in, I'm spotted by a very angry woman. The Alpha Karen, if you will, snapping her fingers at me to try to get my attention as I tried to get away. The woman then stormed up to me and she stares me dead in the face and says, Excuse me, we've been waiting here for the last 15 minutes and no one has come to give us menus. What the hell are you all doing? Now I will admit that I was momentarily in shock, as the group had to walk through the courtyard and must have seen the crowds of people and the stress waiters everywhere. I say to her, I'm sorry madam, but I had no idea you were here. Did you speak with anyone to let us know? Now this is when I saw the rage build just below her plasticized skin, and she says, yes, I spoke with that redhead. 
Now I do want to note that no one worked here was a redhead. And she continues on and says, Well anyways, I want some menus because we are starving. I then looked past her and asked her how many there were. And she says, We are 36 people. That's not a problem, is it? She said this without so much as a hint of understanding why this was ridiculous. I tell her, well, yes, actually, that's quite a lot for a walk-in. And as you probably saw on your way in, we're extremely busy. I'm afraid we have no tables available, and we don't serve food in the beer garden. You'll have to try your luck at getting a table in the courtyard, but I can't imagine you'll be able to find enough seating for 36 people. And I simply can't hold tables for you turning other guests away. Hearing me say that, she stared at me for a moment, and then she said, You don't serve food in the beer garden, or you won't serve me food in the beer garden. I tell her, No, madam, the establishment does not serve food in the beer garden. At that, Karen says, Ugh, fine, can we just have chips then, for the kids? They're starving. Now, I did really think about it for a moment, deciding if I was really willing to put up with this, or if I should just say no and send them on their way. Against my better judgment, I said okay, but they would have to sit in the courtyard once the tables were available, and asked roughly how many portions of chips that they'd be wanting. She replied six, and I said that's probably fine, but she'll have to go inside to order. Now that did not sit well with her, and she started to get very cross. On my way back in, I swung by the kitchen to let them know what's up, and to expect six chip orders, but not to rush them because the woman was in enormous pain. I then get back to the bar and it's busy again, three to four people deep, so I immediately jump in and start pouring pints. A few minutes later, I hear, oh for God's sake, this is ridiculous, and I immediately know who it was. This tiny angry woman pushes her way through the crowd and she snaps her fingers in my face to get my attention. She then says to me, you... I want to order my chips, and hurry up, my kids are hungry. So I say, okay, I'll put them on now, six portions, correct? And the woman says, no, 17 portions, where did you get six from? Sufficient to say, I was bewildered. I say to her, madam, that's not what we discussed, I'll have to see if the kitchen can even do that, we're very, very busy. The Karen then says to me, well go on then, run along to the kitchen. As I was about to, I hear, actually, make it 35 portions. I tell her, madam, I'll be honest with you, there's no way you'll get them all at once, it's simply way too many for the fryer. It'll have to be in batches, and it's gonna take a while, as there's more pressing orders ahead of you. You'll also have to pay up front. The woman says, I don't care, bring them one by one if you have to, as soon as one's ready, bring it out. And I'm thinking, bingo. I then went to speak to the chef, explaining what's going on. Rude woman, many many chips, one by one. The guy laughed, and we decided that we're gonna do exactly as she asked, bring on the malicious compliance. So despite being very, very busy, as soon as one portion of chips was ready, I took it out. One portion. Only one. And of course, the woman was not pleased, and she says, what the hell is this? I said 35 portions, not one. I say to her, as I explained to you inside, madam, 35 portions is simply too many for the friars to handle, and there is a substantial number of other orders ahead of you. The place is full. Now I had to try very hard to hide my grin at this point. The woman then sputters and says, But, but what the hell do you expect me to do with this? I say to her, perhaps you could have one chip each per portion? And with that, I swiftly turned and walked away. 
following this, every 10 to 15 minutes, I would take out one more order and only one more portion of chips to the group. By about portion 12, they had been there several hours and they were fed up. They tried to complain to the manager, but she was so rude and disrespectful to myself, my manager, and the other staff members that he dismissed her, stating that I explained to her very clearly that we're very busy, and she herself told me to bring them out one portion at a time if need be. They left very angry, and we had 23 portions of chips all paid for, that all the staff got to enjoy later on. Guys, either the entitlement is super duper strong with this woman, or she's never been out to eat at a restaurant. Like, holy cow. 35 people walking into a restaurant with no reservation is a freaking nightmare, especially during busy rush hour. And for her to just snap her fingers in Opie's face, demanding 35 portions of food is absolutely crazy. And honestly, I'd like to think that those 23 portions that she paid for and didn't eat was the a-hole tax for that little stunt they pulled. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So I deliver bulk water to people who don't have access to city water or their own private well. For nearly all customers, it's a simple process. They call for deliveries or they agree to have automatic deliveries. When I show up, I hook the truck up to the fill pipe and start pumping and either listen at the vent or hook up to an installed alarm in order to know when the holding tank is full. So this particular customer had their holding tank installed in a small utility room next to their living room, and they didn't install a vent to it outside. And they refused to allow us to install an alarm because they didn't want us to put a quarter-inch hole in the wall to run the alarm wire. So the solution was they would call when they needed 2,000 gallons of water, and we would show up and pump exactly 2,000 gallons of water. This procedure worked without flaw for over a decade. Literally hundreds of deliveries with no issue. Cue the owner deciding to sell. We're then contacted by the new owners and we set them up as a new account and we head over for the first delivery and meeting. We especially go over the issue with us being totally unable to tell when the tank is full. We even offered to install the alarm again for free but they declined. So we let them know that when they call for water they must be sure that they have enough room in the tank for 2,000 gallons or they let us know how much water they have room for. We went over this several times, and they laughed each time saying that they understood, and they would call when they were below the 2,000-gallon mark. So with that, two weeks go by, and we receive a message on our answering machine from the new customer. No gallon amount is specified. 
Now this did set off a warning bell though, because it was a household of two people. And it's only been two weeks since we filled them last. That's highly abnormal. We expected more like four to five weeks. So we call back just to double check. There was no answer, so we leave a message asking for confirmation. A couple of hours later, we try again. By the next day, we had left four messages asking them to confirm that they were ready for a full load. There was no reply again. At this point, we're thinking, well, they did call, so the boss sends me out. I knock on the door as a last attempt and still no answer. So at that point, I hook up, start the pump, and set the timer so I don't overpump while reading my book. 15 minutes later, I hop out to check the water meter and it's at 1,700 gallons. I'll watch for the next couple of minutes and shut it down. And that's when I hear the front door just burst open. And the woman who bought the house and had called us in yesterday is screaming to shut the water down because there's water everywhere. And what the hell are we doing? This woman's been ignoring our calls and she even ignored me at her door and now she's screaming at me. Apparently she had called when the tank was half full, instead of down below the mark where the 2,000 gallons is. And she totally disregarded all of our messages and didn't feel like talking to me when I knocked. So now the woman has 700 plus gallons of water in her living room. Of course, my boss was called out so she could scream at him. Her husband then came from work so he too could scream at us, for reasons I guess. They then made a lot of demands how we were gonna pay to fix it, and we said no. The boss then laid down how we saw the situation. He said, you can keep the water free of charge or you don't call us for water anymore. Y'all are too stupid to work with. We never did hear from them again. Holy cow guys, like 700 gallons of water damage in that home. And this was all on them. Like if you're not smart enough to accept a free alarm system to prevent this from happening, you kind of deserve this. I used to work in a warehouse, and one day, we got a new floor manager. The guy had this grand idea that he was going to make an already functional supply warehouse work even better. It's important to note that all of our deliveries were sent out on time, received on time. There were no workplace accidents other than the occasional stub toe or splinter from a wooden box. The place ran about as smoothly and efficiently as possible, but it wasn't good enough for the new manager. The guy made it a point to check on everyone, getting into things that weren't his business and things that he didn't know about. One of his biggest things was making sure that everyone was at work on time. We didn't really have a time clock, we just wrote down when we got in and when we left. The new manager insisted that a punch card system would work much better for us, but the owners weren't willing to invest in that. So the new manager would spend every morning watching everyone come through the front door. We had maybe 50 people who worked there, so he made sure to count who came in and when they came in. Anyone who walked in the door past 8.05am got written up. This is when he met the old guy. Now the old guy had been with the company pretty much since it opened. He knew everything and everyone there. He's a great guy, and everyone liked him. On the second or third day of the new manager watching everyone come in, He sees the old guy walking in the front doors at 8.15. The new manager rips into the old guy, telling him that he was late, that it was unacceptable, and that he was getting written up. The guy was yelling in the middle of the warehouse, where everyone can see and hear him. The old guy tries to explain, but he gets told to just shut up. The new manager tops this all off with an order. He says, this warehouse opens at 8am sharp, every day five days a week, and I expect you at that door at 8am to begin your shift. 
you will be here when the warehouse opens. Is that understood? The old guy just kind of smiles, takes the paperwork, and apologizes, stating that he'll be in tomorrow at 8am, as he was told. The smug look on the new manager's face was picture perfect. He was certain that he had just fixed the biggest flaw in the company. So the next day, at 8am sharp, the old guy walked through the door and simply made sure that he was seen. He then went off into the warehouse, and that day was a nightmare. The orders were backed up, the trucks were waiting on paperwork, and the new manager is almost in tears because of the chaos. That's when the owner comes in and starts trying to make sense of the situation with the new manager, and they track the paperwork issue back to the old guy. The new manager's upset, but the owner's concerned and asks the old guy if everything's okay. The old guy just tries to hide his embarrassment, saying that the new manager wrote him up the day before, and he was told to come in at 8am. Not at 4am, like he usually does. The day before, when he walked in, he had been coming in from a break. The new manager then tried to backpedal, saying he didn't know, that it was the old guy's fault. But the owner knew better. After that, the new manager wasn't working at the warehouse anymore or for the company. Now thankfully, the old guy knew what was going to happen, and he had most of the paperwork done for the day, so we weren't too behind when the smoke cleared. Guys, you know I love power tripping bosses getting what they deserve. The new manager tried to assert his dominance, and the guy got absolutely destroyed. And the part where I read that the old guy starts at 4am every day, I laughed so hard at that. And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash malicious compliance. Guys, I hope you enjoyed today's stories. If you did, hit that thumbs up. And if you're not subscribed, consider subscribing so you don't miss these crazy stories. And if you missed yesterday's episode on the channel, it's an r slash I don't work here lady episode where this entitled Karen decides to slap everyone for not obeying her. And she's not scared of police. Guys, go check it out if you haven't. And myself and Stevie Boy will see you guys in the next one. We love you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.